Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, coming to you from Cat Swamp Road. And I want to thank you all for tuning in today. And this show can be heard every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And then again, the same episode replays Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. But next Saturday, which is November 30th, the Saturday airing will be preempted and for a very, very good reason for the FFA convention. But the regular Sunday airing at 6 p.m. will run. So if you can't catch it, so Saturday, I will not be on the air. It'll be preempted. And it's a great group of young people. So there's nobody better to be preempted by. But Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, the show will air. So there's nothing on Saturday. So I just want to thank you for that because I know a lot of people like to listen on Saturday. And let me see what else I want to tell you. Today is going to be a different show, a special show. As I said last week, if you caught last week's episode, is that um, I have a number of letters that, well, I get a lot of letters, thank God, uh, to help people out under the special delivery segment of the show, but I don't get a chance to air all of them. So the past couple of the past couple of episodes, I didn't air a letter, and then also I kind of uh, sub, uh, eliminated the toolbox test temporarily because I ran out of time. So what we're going to do today is the topic of the show is going to be special delivery letters, and but please know that everyone who contacted me gets answered personally through an email. But what I like to do is bring those letters to the airwaves so that as an educational tool because if somebody's having a problem with something or doesn't understand something then i guarantee you there's a lot more in the audience that have the same issues so i like to pick and choose what is going to have broad-based appeal but not just broad-based appeal sometimes a very unique appeal so that's what today's show is going to be all about it's going to be nothing i'm going to hopefully get three different topics and not three different letters but three different topics and there is a number of people who wrote letters with more or less the same topic, for instance, like a battery going dead or what have you, or uh, or throwing a belt off a piece of equipment or an engine. So I'm going to put those all together, and I will, I will mention uh, the people's names and where they're from, their first name and where they're from, and with that particular issue that 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 their letter addresses already so that i want so that's how we're going to do this we're going to start off today with a toolbox test in a few minutes but i do want to uh um, just tell you that god willing next week uh we will be back to the regular format of the toolbox test and the special delivery letters all right so without any further ado oh, very important i got another pin in my map and I have to thank, and I hope I do not uh, butcher his name. It's Mr. John Tyzneck. I'm pronouncing it Tyzneck. It's T Y Z N I K. And he's from Holy Coat, H O L Y O K E, Holy Coke, Holy Coke, Colorado. And he farms over in Holy Coke, Colorado, from what I understand from what he told me when I found the pin to put it in a map is in northeastern Colorado. I don't think he's too far from the Nebraska border. 
So I want to thank you so much, John. And he listens on the podcast, the Idle Chatter podcast, and goes to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com. And I invite all of you to use my podcast and my website as an adjunct, as a supplement to the show on Sirius XM Rural Radio. So, uh, but uh, John is over there. And uh, hey, thanks so much for the pin in my map. And I would love to give you a pin in my map. And all you have to do is contact me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com and tell me where you are listening from. And as I, as I said before, if you don't want your name or whatever to be announced on the radio, I won't. So that's I just want to get an idea of where my listeners are. So believe it or not, it's going to be time for us to go to our first break. And then when we come back, we're going to have Tex who've been with some Ripsaw Records. He's going to do a toolbox test. And then we're going to get into these uh these letters, these special deli- special delivery letters. Go beyond alternative and discover a world of emerging indie artists and groundbreaking sounds on Sirius XMU. A commercial-free mix of innovative music from bands, producers, and singer-songwriters, alongside classic sounds from the artists who inspired them. Discovery is on Sirius XMU Channel 35, or listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. The future of agriculture is back at the 94th Annual FFA Convention and Expo, October 27th through the 30th. Get to know America's next generation of leaders. I continue to see leadership positions as a place to serve people and a place to continue to grow. There's a place for anyone to find their spot in FFA. Join RFD-TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Rural Radio 147 for the future for all. The FFA Convention is proudly presented by Ariat. I want to thank everyone who helped make the Cowboy Channel's 100 rodeos in 100 days such a huge success, especially each and every one of these rodeo committees. And that rodeo's local announcers, the barrelmen, clowns, soundmen, and everyone involved. Together we took viewers on a journey across this great country to see PRCA rodeos and those communities, big and small, at their very best. Most of these rodeos had never been on TV before, but boy did they ever come through. We learned a lot this year, where we need to improve internet, maybe add another camera, create better graphics, install some more lighting, and so on. But the bottom line is you folks loved it. You loved actually seeing many of these rodeos for the first time. You loved seeing how each community celebrated their rodeo with their own grand entry, with a prayer, with respect for our national anthem, mutton busting, calf scrambles, and of course, great rodeo action. Let's do it all again next year. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And if you missed the opening segment, we're going to have a show today, which is just, I'm going to be answering letters from listeners to the show and to the podcast that have a, you could have a problem, you could have a question or something operates. So, and also please, please feel free to to send me a letter or a question if i can help you in any way that's what this show is about that's what i am about here to me i sincerely look at it as a mission statement 
to be able to help the good people in agriculture with their machinery. I can't help you with agronomy. I can't help you with marketing, but I can help you with your machinery. And all you need to do is send me a letter at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. And as I said in the opening segment, everyone gets answered. You may not get on the air, but you get answered. And uh, we will go from there. And I'm more than happy to open a dialogue with you. If we need to talk by telephone, we talk by telephone. That is not a problem. But my goal is to help you to the best of my ability. And if I cannot help you, I will tell you. Or if I don't know the answer, I'm not going to make something up. So, all right. So we're going to start out today with the toolbox test. We're going to, uh, Tex Rubinowitz is going to sing. And that means it's time for you to put your thinking cap on. And then we're going to go right into the letters. And then later on in the show, we'll have the answer to the toolbox test. So come on in, Tex. It's early for you. Come on in. Everybody, text. Thank you so much. Here's your toolbox test. Winter is on the way, and the guys at the coffee shop are talking about heater performance in their pickup trucks. The discussion is based on the time it takes for hot air to discharge from the duct and how to hasten that. Farmer A says that you need the engine to be at operating temperature first before you turn on the heater, but put the fan speed on high. Farmer B believes the same as Farmer A, but chimes in that the fan speed needs to be on low. If it is too high, it will cool the engine back down. Farmer C tells you, tells the others that you need to run the hottest thermostat possible for quick heat. And Farmer D instructs the others to put the heater on the maximum temperature setting with the fan on the lowest speed as soon as you start the engine. So you guys think about that, and then later on in the show, we'll give you the answer. Hey, winter's coming. We want to get that heater performance. And in engineering, we would call that TT, time to temperature. But let's get into our special delivery letters. All righty. I have Joe from Nebraska with a John Deere combine, Phil from New Jersey with a Kubota tractor, Paul from Iowa with a Chevy pickup truck, and Rodney from Georgia with a Massey Ferguson tractor. And all they all contacted me about a battery going dead on those pieces of equipment when it is shut off and it is either parked or in the storage shed. So I've touched on this briefly, and it makes no difference what these you know, whether it's a combine or a truck or a tractor and uh, or a lawn tractor makes no difference, all right? So I'm going to go through that procedure. Now, very simply, when you, when you have a piece of equipment that the battery is going dead on when it's shut off and you didn't leave something on, all right? You got to look, hey, as my father used to say, pilot error, right? Because he was in the uh, Army Air Corps and he flew a P-51 Mustang. So is it pilot error? Did you leave the dome light on? Did you leave the, something on? Did you leave something powered up? Did you leave the CB turned on? Whatever it may be, all right? So if you're very confident that you left nothing on, this test procedure is going to work for any type of equipment, like I said, from a lawn tractor to a combine and everything in between, okay? So we need to identify what is going on because something is staying powered up. Now, keep in mind that it, that a circuit could stay powered up independently of you leaving it on, that there could be a failure someplace. 
So how are we going to check this? It's very, very simple. Now, there are two ways to check it. The procedure is the same, but the piece of test equipment you are going to use is going to be different. The first way to check it is with a test light. And what you would basically do is you gain access to the negative terminal of the battery and you're going to take the negative battery cable off and you're going to take the test light and you're going to place it in series between the battery cable and the negative terminal of the battery. So that's a series circuit. A series circuit means it's in in line with it. It's part of the circuit. So for instance, uh, if you had a garden hose, right? If you had a garden hose and you put a a nozzle on it, it's in series with the spigot. So so that is a series circuit. It's not a parallel circuit. It's a series circuit. So you're going to put the test light in series with the negative cable. Now, if the light illuminates, if it lights up, then it identifies that there's a drop. And because there's electrons, because it's a DC circuit, so everything wants to go back to ground. So that's why you're putting it on the negative side of the battery. And so, if it, as I said, if it lights up, there's a draw. So now what you're basically going to do, and this is going to be application specific to the piece of equipment, is you will go around and you will either start to pull, unplug, uh, remove fuses, all right, or you will start to unplug things. On a, on a vehicle or piece of equipment that has more circuits, you would start to pull fuses out one at a time. You're not going to pull them all out. So you're going to go to lights lit up, and you're going to go pull a fuse, let's say, fuse A. Fuse A is whatever for the cigarette light, and you pull, I'm making things up, you pull a fuse out, and the light is still illuminating, then we know that that circuit is not the one that is staying powered up, so we put the fuse back in. Now we go to the next fuse, and then we go to the next fuse until the light goes off. Now when the light goes off, when you pull a fuse out and the light goes off, then that is the circuit that is staying powered. Why is it staying powered? Well, it may have a relay that's stuck. It may have a switch that's bad. I don't know what this particular point, but the purpose of this test is to identify where the power draw is coming from. Now, if you go through all of the fuses and the light still stays illuminated, then what you need to do is go to the back of the alternator. And on an alternator, on most alternators, you're going to have the, the heavier cable which is going to go to charge the battery and then you're going to have you're going to have a, a connection with with thinner wires on it all right regular wires and not a heavy battery type cable and that's historically the field circuit now some people have a one a one wire alternator we're not going to go there all right but that's the field circuit so what's going to happen is that you're going to disconnect that field circuit that plug and if you disconnect that field circuit and the light goes out then the problem is in the alternator. And remember, excuse me, an alternator converts con- converts AC voltage to DC because it runs on, it's, it, so that's, it pr- produces alternating current. That's why it's called an alternator versus a generator produces DC current. So it converts AC to DC and it, it does that using a series of diodes. And a diode is a one-way electrical check valve. And if a diode starts to fail, what it's going to do is, in, for an essence, in practical terms, it's going to back feed back to, to ground, and that will kill the battery. So if you disconnect the field circuit and the light goes out off the test light, then you have a bad diode in the alternator. Problem is in the alternator. You need to take the alternator off. You could either check the diode yourself and replace it or bring it to the alternator shop. That's, like I said, the, the idea is to find the draw. And that's how you'll find a drawer. Now, that is with a test light. Now, the problem being 
is that on more modern equipment, and, and I'm saying modern equipment, even at, a, sadly, almost a 35-year-old pickup truck, right, because they had a digital clock, is that you don't want to use a test light. You want to do the same procedure, disconnect the battery ground cable, and you will put an am, an ammeter in series, the same way, so you'll have one the, the you'll have one lead of the ammeter hooked up to the to the to the negative cable, the other to the negative terminal in the battery, and you will read the current drop. Because what will happen, even the keep what they call a keep alive memory in a digital clock or at the memory of a an ECU. So you have a piece of uh, equipment with an ECU, a fuel injection system, a control system on it that has what they call KAM, keep alive memory. That keep alive memory, even though it does not draw that much current, it will draw enough of an electron flow to eliminate the test light. So what you want to basically do is you want to use a ammeter instead of a test light because you want to identify and you want you want to uh, to quantify. You want to put a number, excuse me, on what the draw is. And if it's and if you have like a memory draw, so it's the digital clock, it's the ECU inside a combine or a truck or what have you, it's going to be probably about a one or two tenths let's say two to two tenths three tenths two tenths of an amp two to three tenths of an amp if you're up around six tenths of an amp seven tenths of an amp then you're going to do the same thing you're going to start to pull your one amp you're going to start to pull the fuses and see what's going on and also go back to the alternator so very very simple test and that will determine where the drawer is all right but you know keep in mind also that um, you also must make sure that the alternator is charging, right? Because if you had a piece of equipment that doesn't have much electrical load, you could go and start it and the alternator cannot be charging. And then you put it away in the shed at the end of the day, you come back and the battery is dead and has no draw. But historically, it's a draw. So very, very simple test. You disconnect the battery ground cable, put either a test light on an older piece of equipment in series or an ammeter in series, and you will be good to go. All right, so thank you so much. And a lot of people contact me with that. Now, the next... Uh, question is from uh let me see what is okay we had three different people we have glenn in ohio with an older gleaner combine we have george in florida with a ford tractor and we have steve in california with a dodge pickup truck i don't know what year the dodge pickup truck is and what he's but they're having a problem with the belt with with the belts being thrown off and they don't on the combine i don't know whether it's an engine belt or what have you but a rule of thumb is with any rubber drive belt and okay whether it's a serpentine belt or a fan belt or what have you it's if it hasn't failed and it's not overly stretched if it, if you were to take it off to do something and put it back on it's imperative that belt takes a set it wants to have the load come on it one way that belt is going to stretch so it's imperative that you mark the belt so that you know which way it went on so you could put it back you so you, which way it wants so when you put it back on it's going with the same direction of rotation it is very very common if someone takes a belt off anything rubber belt takes the belt off puts it back on has a nice and tight and in short order the belt falls off it doesn't break it falls off it's 99 chances out of 100 the person put that belt on they didn't think realize that it has to go in the direction of rotation it's a hay bale or anything with a belt that you have all right if you have an irrigation pump with a belt you take a belt and you're going to put it back in service you must mark it so you know which way it goes back on so it follows the same direction of rotation what 
basically happens if you put it on against the original direction of rotation that it took a set that it will actually stretch and it'll jump right off the pulley so that is the most common reason for a belt to come off if the if the if the belt to fly off the pulley if it was taken off to service it in the, just recently another thing that happens if you work on something and let's say you change an alternator and you put the belt on you mark that you did everything properly and the belt has a tendency to come off you usually lost some sort of shim there and you need to check for the belt alignment and the third thing if you did everything right took nothing off you have to look at the belt specifically if it's a serpentine type of belt and if and you have to look to see if it has any idler pulleys or any tensioners and lots of times with a belt the idler pulley or the tensioner bearing will wear and it'll just work it'll just wiggle around enough that given the right conditions maybe it's humid maybe you go through a puddle maybe whatever what happens the load comes on it and the idler pulley or the belt tensioner has just enough play in it that the belt tends to walk off so it's those three things the any belt you recap any belt you take off you need to mark it before you take it off so you put it back in the direction of rotation if you worked on a piece of equipment that had that had a connection with the drive you change the oil obviously doesn't make any difference and you took something off alternator water pump pulley whatever air compressor all right there's a very good possibility that you lost one of the shims and one of the shims dropped on the ground and you don't know it and the belt is riding at an angle and the third thing is that if you did none of that and it has a tendency to fall off even though everything is tight then you have a idler pulley or a belt tensioner pulley that has a lot of flop in the bearing and it is starting to walk it off so we're going to go to a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to finish up so hold tight Hi, this is Mike Adams, host of Adams on Agriculture, heard weekday mornings from 6 to 7 Eastern Time right here on Rural Radio. Each day, you'll hear from those making and covering the news important to rural America, topics such as markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care, and you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day, as well as their implication on the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio each weekday morning from 6 to 7 Eastern Time for AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. I'm John Jenkinson. It's all about the rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. Your money. Hi, this is Christina Loren with the Market Day Report. Our coverage of news, weather, and the commodity markets targeted to rural America. Your information. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Darren and I host the Ag PhD Radio Show. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147, or listen on the Sirius XM app. The future of agriculture is back at the 94th Annual FFA Convention and Expo, October 27th through the 30th. Get to know America's next generation of leaders. I've been so blessed to be part of a community um, through my FFA experience that I just really, really am appreciative. Join RFD-TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Rural Radio 147 for the future for all. The FFA Convention is proudly presented by Ariat. Watch RFD-TV anytime, anywhere on all your connected devices with RFD-TV now. 
Simply go to WatchRFDTV.com and sign up for just $9.99 a month or save more and pay just $89.99 for the year. You can begin streaming RFDTV live right away and have access to your favorite shows 24-7 on demand. Go to WatchRFDTV.com, sign up, and start streaming today. Okay, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. We're going to have the answer to the toolbox test question now. And Farmer D is correct. The most efficient means to get heat to the passenger compartment is to put the heater on maximum temperature, but the fan speed on low as soon as the engine starts. This will allow the heater ducts to warm with the engine coolant and will provide the fastest time to temperature. Remember we said T to T, time to temperature. Yes, there will be a slight breeze of cold air from the floor duct at first, but it will very quickly increase in temperature. If you wait for the engine to be fully warmed, then the duct will need to be the duct will need to warm and you will be colder for a longer period of time. So you want to get that duct to warm up with with the engine coolant and then you'll have the quickest time to temperature you'll have the the quickest heater discharge temperature so now we have our last letter boy the show goes so fast and it's from troy in alabama and he tells me that he has a john deere tractor with low boost he doesn't give me the model or how he's determined that so the first thing that we want to do is if we have a if we suspect of a low boost condition on any turbocharged engine you want to confirm that now historically a low boost condition will mean that the engine uh, is lazy you may see it on a boost gauge but you can't anticipate you can't assume that the boost gauge is accurate the boost gauge may be skewing so if you feel that the engine is lazy it doesn't pull up it doesn't pull it lugs what have you then it's and the gauge is confirming that the boost is low you're probably correct but what i like to do is i have a boost gauge in my toolbox for about 25 or 30 dollars i bought an auto meter boost gauge and i just use it as a tool i never mounted it and i have a long piece of vacuum line on it with a t and i'm able to t that into the boost line and i'm able to confirm what the boost is so we're going to con- we're going to assume that troy did that and this and this, this john deere tractor is legitimately low on boost now, most, if not all, applications of farm equipment and road vehicles use what is called an internal wastegate. And the purpose of the wastegate is to uh, have some of the exhaust bypass the turbine wheel and the compressor. All right, there's, there's two uh, in, the, in the turbine wheel, the turbine wheel and the turbocharger. There's the turbine side and there's the compressor side. The turbine is the exhaust-driven side. Some people call it the hot side. And the compressor is the cold side, which forces the air into the engine. So what a wastegate does is it monitors through a diaphragm and monitors what the boost pressure is. And then if it, if the boost pressure climbs above the setting of the diaphragm in the spring, it lets some exhaust bypass that turbine wheel on the hot side of the turbocharger and then it doesn't spin as fast and that that's how it controls the boost so if you're having a low boost condition it's very possible that the linkage fell off there or something is going on with that and it's jammed up or moved my papers around here jammed up or what have you so you need to look at that another thing is that if it has an intercooler 
and it has many different connections. Lots of times a low boost condition is cumulative of a whole bunch of leaks in series. So, so the intercooler may have a pinhole and some of the fittings, some of the hoses may be loose. You need to go around and check that. The best way if you have access to a smoke test machine, what a smoke test machine, it's a great tool. I've spoken about it on the show before is that what you what it does it puts a non-toxic and non-flammable smoke into a system and you fill it up with smoke it pushes in with shop air and you wait to see where the leaks are now if the low boost condition troy happened all of a sudden then you had some sort of failure right if it happened over time it could be accumulation of leaks but what i want you to do is i want you to check that wastegate uh, the, the mechanism on the wastegate and make sure the wastegate is sealing it doesn't have carbon underneath it and then also you need to look for any leaks in the system and now there are other possibilities but what i like to do is go to pick the low hanging fruit first the low hanging fruit being that either it's the wastegate or there's a leak in the system so i want to thank you so much for listening today and know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher and my beloved beloved america a blessed day be safe and i'll catch you next week on sunday thank you bye bye welcome to bushels and cents from farm machinery digest radio heard exclusively on sirius xm channel 147 rural radio i am your host ray bohax the hot rod farmer and never forget it is not what you make but what you keep that counts there is no denying that tier 4 emission controls added complexity to the diesel engine, especially with the selective catalytic reduction, or better known as SCR system. DEF is injected into the SCR to evoke a chemical change in the exhaust. The crystallization of DEF that is spilled during filling also occurs at the tip of the dedicated injector. If your equipment sets a code for any DEF or SCR parameter, remove the injector and clean the tip. Often, that is all that is needed. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com, where steel and soil meet. RFD-TV brings the ag industry news you care about. A lot of producers really looked at the hope of being able to get this deal done. Tailored forecasts for farmers and ranchers. You can see the pockets of red across Texas. That has become a problem. And going forward in time, we just don't have a lot of rainfall headed that way. Live, direct reports from the trading floor with expert market analysis. We have Oliver Slope standing by, and he is with Blue Line Futures. Well, the, the outside markets are going to be the, the driving factor and the focal point in this week's trade. A focus on Washington ag policy. RFD-TV's Emily Buck joins us from our Washington, D.C. News Bureau. The president reaffirms his commitment for rural America, supporting farmers through the pandemic. And live reports from across the nation. See lots of fun and exciting stories, especially lots of hard work that goes into this. Stories you'll find only on RFD-TV, celebrating our 20th year.